everyone and welcome back to the Mental Health Skip. So I hope everyone is getting on okay. I have actually got a really, really positive outlook this week. And I think it's because the weather, because it kind of feels like summer is making its way back because it's kind of visible, you know, the longer evenings here and so is the clearer days. Um, and that is literally music to my ear because as I've said before, it's my favorite time of the year. And I just think that everything is so much easier, especially, you know, going for walks and going for runs. But this is where today's episode comes into play because I have the privilege of talking to Ashley O'Kelly, who is AOK Nutrition on social media. And Ashley is an absolute wealth of knowledge in all things to do with nutrition. Um, and some of you may be thinking, you know, how does nutrition relate to mental health? But nourishing your body in the right way is nourishing the mind. So our overall well-being is, you know, creating a healthier and happier mindset and mental health. So there's going to be some really important points that are going to be made in this little chat. Um, some that maybe aren't spoke about as often as they should be. But anyway, um, I hope you enjoy and listen in. Hello, Ashley. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Happy Monday. How's it going so far? Good. Not too bad. I feel like Mondays, I Sunday before we started the, the recording, like they were like my get up, like just organize myself for the week. I sit down and do all my emails from weekend. So they're productive, but busy. But I kind of like that kind of a good start to the week um, to get myself set up. Yeah. I have 7,000 steps on already and I'm so proud of myself. So, you know, the 10,000. That's it, amazing. It's going to be hit today. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, that is amazing. <laughs> it's the best way to start the day. So it is. But, you know, actually what we're here today for is because I really want to highlight the link between our body and our general well-being. So what we, you know, what we nourish ourselves with. And I know you're completely obsessed with that and that's your job. So do you want to kind yeah. of explain a little bit about what you do? Yeah, of course. So my my title, I suppose, is a nutritional therapist. So the way I work is we always look at kind of the root of your issues. And the way I describe it to my clients is it's like you're a big jigsaw piece or jigsaw puzzle. And I'm trying to figure out like where's the missing pieces, what's kind of got wrong. So when you kind of address the root of your symptoms, well, then the symptoms go away in itself. So I'm kind of in a different position as well because I was brought up in natural medicine. Like my mum is a herbalist and she's a naturopath. So naturopath, again, is just the way you look at the body, the way you use kind of different medicines. So in our clinic, me and my mum own our clinic together and um, she's in business 30 years. I kind of came along five years and I was like, hey, do you want to go in business together kind of thing? But um, we, in our clinic, we use herbal medicine, we do nutrition, we use supplements, we use probiotics, we do, you know, food intolerance testing, then we look at stress management, we do reflexology. So it's a real holistic approach. We kind of look at every single aspect of health. And then we put together personalized plans for clients. So we kind of, you know, we literally give you exactly what you need, focusing on whatever your symptoms are, basically. And I suppose you have different people emailing you about different things like ABS and, you know, different kind of conditions. It's, do you know what it is? It's so broad. Like it's, you can get someone, you'll never see the same people twice in a day. My kind of, I've just kind of fallen into kind of very much female hormones and women's health over the last couple of years, just because it's an area I'm so passionate about. And then I feel like when one person hears it, they'll send a friend, a friend tells their mom, and it's like this kind of like snowball effect. But we would see clients and like from anything from like that IBS to insomnia, to really bad anxiety, to chronic fatigue. Like my mom being in practice in so long sees a lot of sick people like you know people who have gotten no help at all in, in medicine and then they'll turn to kind of more natural alternatives and this is the thing as well like I always like to stress them on the phone that we're talking like this that we're not like alternative medicine like we've had so for example there's a lot of controversy around alternative treatment with cancer and things like that our clinic is complementary medicines so, like we like to work with doctors we like to work with medicine it's kind of doing both things together 
and my mom was a nurse before she actually set up her clinic like 30 years ago so we're very like into both sides I love the science behind um how the body works as well so yeah it's, there's no shape that we see any every complaint and any complaint under the sun I'd say in our clinic and so you're probably just offering like other alternatives as well from that medicine you know things that people don't know and that's why I think it's so important that you know we're joining today to like you know discuss some of these things that people don't know and um, what I'm going to start off with is everything's going to be kind of general kind of things that I actually want to know more so yeah but, um, um, I was actually researching a little bit about you know the lack of what we have at the minute is vitamin d like we're getting no sun like what what kind of there's apparently a real strong link with vitamin d and depression so like you know seasonal depression and things like that there what is that kind of yeah, of course. So I, I don't know if you've ever heard it before. It's called SAD in the winter months, seasonal affective disorder, where people just feel so flat in the winter. And I've been there myself. And it's only kind of then as I got older and started studying, I was like, oh, my God, this is literally me, where you just find the day so long. You're just, you know, and then the minute you see kind of the, the evenings getting brighter and the sun coming out, you feel brilliant. And basically the link there is that vitamin D helps with a hormone called serotonin, which is like your feel good hormone. Now, I'm sure if you've looked into a good bit about depression, like this time, you know, eight years ago, they thought depression was a lack of serotonin, which we know now it's so much more than just like a neurotransmitter or hormone deficiency, but it does also play a part. It does play a big role. So it's like in Ireland between October and March, we just don't get enough vitamin D, no matter how sunny, you know, nice crisp December morning it is. Like even going for a walk today, we don't, we can't absorb it from where we are in the world. It's just not, our, our, the light's not strong enough. So people become vitamin D deficient. And then this turns into things like, you know, it can really affect your mood and even your immune system as well. People don't realize that vitamin D is massively linked with your immune. So like obviously at the moment with COVID going around, there's a huge talk about vitamin D because it only supports that as well. So, you know, people who even are getting sick in the winter months, a lot of times people are, are very run down. That's the word people use. Like I'm loads of colds and flus and so that in the winter. And that can also be linked to vitamin D deficiency. So it's so important. I think every single person, if you're living in Ireland or the UK, you should be on a vitamin D supplement for the winter months between October and March because you're not getting any at all when you're going for your nice morning walks. And even so at summertime as well, where, you know, we're completely lax from summer holidays and things that we normally would get. So especially yeah. Irish people that it's, you know, you look outdoors and it's probably raining throughout the summer as well. So that would yeah. be really beneficial. And I need to start that myself because I remember I did, but I have started to lack in that. Um, so then also I wanted to have a look at, because, you know, of the time of the year we're in, we're in January, you know, all New Year's resolutions, people are wanting to start off this healthy yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of people are struggling and I have actually like me and my friends were talking about it yesterday, sugar cravings. And I think it like that derives straight from Christmas time when you're used to eating sweets and you're filling yourself things you don't need. And then it's kind of trying to differentiate between that link. So, you know, how can we fix these sugar cravings? So this is like the age-old question. I swear to God, every single of my clients will take sugar cravings on their consultation sheet. So the first thing you need to look at is actually your diet to make sure that your diet is balanced, that it's not even like, are you eating enough fruit and vegetables? Like that obviously big makes a big part as well. But from my observations and working with clients for so many years, it's, is your blood sugars dropping too quickly, right? So if I said to you, have you ever been hangry? Do you know what I mean by being hangry? <laughs> yeah. Where you can be well. like, okay, it's Monday. You're like, I've done my 7K steps. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to be so healthy today. I'm going to only eat good food. And then it'll come three o'clock and you like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. You come into the kitchen and you're literally eating a biscuit, making your lunch because you're so hungry, right? Or hangry is what I call it. And this can happen if people let themselves go for too long without eating and your blood sugars drop. And your body goes into panic mode and it knows, okay, the quickest way for me to feel better is by eating something sweet. Okay, so that's the first thing I address with clients. Number one, easy, little and often. And you kind of hear this people weight loss and stuff. And, 
you know, sometimes it's linked to people like, you know, keep your metabolism going all day. From my perspective, it's if you eat it often, you're less likely to to overeat later on and binge on things that you didn't want. Like this is the thing that I don't think there's anything wrong with eating sugar. I'm the first to admit I love my cup of tea, my Netflix, and my bit of chocolate after dinner every night. I look forward to it. But the biscuit you're eating, making your lunch, you didn't like that's you didn't even want that. And then you kind of finish you're like, why did I even eat that? I, I wasn't even in the humor for that. So first thing, eat little and often so you don't let your blood sugar stiff. And the other thing is to eat protein with your meals. That if you're just eating a slice of toast for breakfast, okay, your blood sugars drop really quickly because protein helps balance out so kind of like the sugar hit from just kind of toast on its own. And your blood sugars will crash really quick and you'll be looking for something sweet after that. That's the one side of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And going back to kind of the breakfast analogy, because this is a really important point and everyone will understand this. What I was explaining to clients is you need to plan all your meals by Irish mommies plan dinners, right? So like if your granny or your mom is doing dinner, I guarantee the protein source is the center of the meal. She would never give you a bottle of potatoes with a glass of water for dinner, right? But having a bowl of cereal for breakfast or having a slice of toast for breakfast with your cup of tea is the exact same thing as having a bowl of potatoes or a bowl of pasta or a bowl of rice for dinner with nothing else with it. So most clients I see, they're pretty good at having proper dinners because like that, they're raised with like Irish mammy dinners. So it's just good to think about that with all your meals. Try and focus around the protein and you'll find your blood sugars are more stable so you don't have um, as much sugar cravings. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and even so, that would be the same for whenever you're eating your meals and your recommended protein. It's it's more the filling factor as well. So you're not yeah, actually completely. looking for that extra extra kind of like yeah. even dessert yeah. anything. You're, you're feeling yeah. unsatisfied. Yeah. Then on the other side, the kind of more like the physiological response in the body is looking at gut health. Okay. So I say like we have the good guys and we have the bad guys. The bad guys adore sugar right and if your good bacteria is low the bad guys are in full rain they're having an absolute ball right and they love another few they they adore things like yeast so yeast is in like your bread it's in your wine it's in your your alcohol and like after christmas i think everyone needs a probiotic between eating your carbs eating all the wine you know your wine your chocolate it's so easy to kind of indulge a bit more which is absolutely fine but you do feed more of this bad gut bacteria and things like getting things like thrush and um like IBS, bloating, bacterial vaginosis, a lot of things like gut health related that people don't realize are actually in a balance with the good guys and bad guys. And again, so when you you kind of take a probiotic, you automatically kind of kill off a lot of the bad bacteria. So the sugar cravings go down because your body doesn't actually need as much sugar. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah I'm completely understand. I can relate too well to it as well. Because I know that sometimes if I have a really good eating, like there was a time in my life that I would have been eating like too many salads and you know sometimes they weren't even that protein based and yeah. I find that I was like oh I did so healthy I'm great blah 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 but then at the end of the day I was looking for that kind of sugar to replace yeah. all the you know the calories that I had you know 100%. I wasn't insufficient and um yeah. but definitely and I suppose oh, there's a lot of people like again at this time of the year contacting me and saying that you know they want help with weight loss and aid do you know any like myths or anything in the game because I know there's a lot of things that people recommend that you know don't actually help or only short term even I feel like if you Googled weight loss diets, you will see thousands and thousands of people like, you know, saying this is the best diet, this is the best diet. And the one common denominator, every single thing that one of these diets has in common is they all put you in a calorie deficit. So there's no magic diet. There's nothing that will work better than other ones. The magic diet is the one that you can stick to and the one that you can actually keep up long term that every single way, whether you're on Weight Watchers, a Slimming World or Keto, which is like completely low carb or any of them. The intermittent fasting is another one that's quite popular. Again, you're just cutting calories. So once you kind of understand that, it kind of makes it a bit easier that it doesn't matter what diet you're on once you're actually just in a calorie deficit. Um, and again, for weight loss, like we'd see 
kind of move away actually I don't see as much weight loss clients anymore but um protein again is the most important thing that people like you're saying they're like oh I'm just gonna have a salad for lunch again go back to Irish mommy dinners your mom would never just give you a bowl of vegetables for dinner and if you did you'd be starving after that so it's always about the protein if you're having a salad have like you know some chicken and a bit of like boiled egg and maybe some feta with that like if you fill up on the, the protein instead of the carbs you'll be kept going way way longer than if you were um having the salad and adding a bit of bread to kind of fill you up instead yeah 100 and also i remember watching one of your stories and i suppose this word is really strictly related to weight loss detoxing and you Gosh. said that our body is always deep detoxing what do you actually mean by that this drives me, I swear to God, if I see anyone Instagram flagging detox, they just get blocked <laughs> immediately. I'm like, get away. So it is such, it's such a marketing word, these detox and detox teas and detox juices. Our body is detoxing 24-7, 365 days a year. If you stop detoxing, you'll be dead in 20 minutes, right? So it's not just, I think the big thing is like a liver detoxification and that's just one part of it. But like our lungs are detoxification organs, like today you going for a walk and, you know, being out of breath, that's a way that your body expels uh, toxins. Uh, your skin expels toxins, your lymph. So like when you exercise and you're sweating, it comes out to your skin. Sweat is your body expelling toxins. Your kidneys is also really important. So like, by you drinking water, you're going to help detoxification. So I think it's it's real marketing because people think, oh yeah, I just need to detox. That's why I'm not losing weight. But like that you are detoxing all the time. What I kind of say to times is we can use things that support detoxification. Now, it doesn't mean if you don't take these things, you're going to stop detoxing. But for example, like I use a herb called milk thistle. Now, I would not recommend it for someone just listen to this and start taking it because you can't take it with any medication. It's quite a strong herb. But like they're saying, we can't take on medication. The reason being is it goes through the same liver pathway as some drugs are metabolized. And it, it, it's so efficient at kind of increasing this detoxification pathway that it can stop the drugs from working. So for example, if you take the contraceptive pill and it's meant to work over 24 hour period and you take milk thistle and it only works now over 12 hour period, for example, that isn't ideal, you know, that way. So there's herbs and um, detox foods as well. I just always be a bit wary about Again, it's just it's such a marketing thing. But there's certain things that's easier for your body to break down. So, for example, if you have a massive Domino's pizza versus a massive salad with loads of like leafy greens, which also have liver support, of course, a leafy green salad is going to be better to help detoxification, if that makes sense. So just kind of be careful with kind of buzzwords surrounding that. Definitely. And you, you actually do. It's like very advertised especially with influencers and people like that you know it's very and a lot of people think oh this is a quick fix like no this will help me but it, that's exactly what it is it's a quick fix it might help for a week or two weeks but then once you stop yeah. using it it's just not going to have any yeah. effect on you yeah. um or I would say like imagine your body just you only detox for like January every year and then that was it <laughs> like do you know it just is so bizarre that people even think that's the thing like your body decides okay we're detoxing and like everyone you know get ready but actually like obviously it's happening all the time you know Definitely. And another thing I wanted to mention, it's kind of related, I suppose, to sugar cravings, but I'm a student and obviously I'm in the middle of student life. Currently, I'm, impl- I'm planted between two parties going on, so I don't know if you can hear that. But um, <laughs> drinking is a big thing. But a lot of people, like, actually, again, my friends were talking about this last night, they, re- they don't really like drinking anymore because of hangovers. And basically just because a lot of people get it. Diff- I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. Don't have any effect on me whenever I have a drink or some. Next morning I wake yeah. up and I'm as fresh as a daisy, whereas they are lying in their beds for two days. Mm. So what's the, what is the reason for that? 
Um, two things. In room one, it's like dehydration. So if you're someone who gets the like horrific like headache that makes you feel sick and then you start vomiting, that would be me. I put my hands up for that. that I know it gets me. It's it's dehydration from not drinking or basically alcohol's um a diuretic. It makes you pee and it makes you dehydrate after drinking that. So the headache and the kind of sick tummy can be one side of things. The other side then is liver. So going back to the whole detoxification thing, your liver does have to work really hard the next day to break down alcohol. And there's a, there's a byproduct of alcohol called acetylformaldehyde. And this can make you feel so, so sick as well. And looking at liver function, you might just have a way better liver function than somebody else. And if you're better at breaking down this alcohol than your pal across the way, she's going to be more hungover, if that makes sense. Also, the volume of alcohol you drink as well. Like, you know, if you're having a bottle of wine, she's having three bottles of wine. Of course, this chemical is going to be more built up in her system. So it's kind of like that, the dehydration how you know liver support and also as well alcohol depletes um nutrients so a big one it depletes is b vitamins okay and i use this as an example with my clients when we're talking about like anxiety and things like that i'm like we've all experienced a sunday fear do you know that feeling on a yes sunday? we all that know jittery throwing your phone across the way can't even look at it you're like oh my god like just up the walls so <laughs> this is a really extreme case of lack of b vitamins so the night before selling night drink it away you break the seals what we always used to call it and you have to pee all night that's it yeah, you're done that's what, that's what and well. yeah so when you're peeing all night you're peeing out your b vitamins and b vitamins what they're meant to be for is like they're really good for anxiety calming your nervous system anxiety mood energy right so you go up the next day you could literally come home at 3 a.m sleep for 12 hours wake up at 3 p.m number one you're still knackered the next day and number two then you have that real jittery feeling because your nervous system's a bit you know under stress because you've no b vitamins left basically from from drinking so I always say to my clients, if you come out, come home after night out, if you can think of it, if you're sober enough, <laughs> or the next morning, take a B vitamin straight away when you can, when you get up, and it will just kind of take off the edge. Now, it's not going to help, I don't think, with like the sick tummy, the headache as much, but that real like jittery palpitations, like the anxiety kind of thing linked to alcohol and the extreme exhaustion as well, um, it can really help with that. And I've also been told as well to drink a big gulp of water before you go to bed. Is that is that a myth or is that true? Yeah, of course. So that will help with the dehydration. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you come home and have a big glass of water, like and I mean, you can even kind of say like, oh, you should drink water every in between every second drink and this, like, you know, and you might that start night, but then realistically as you go on, does that work as, as much anymore? Um what I've started doing actually, because my friends will always laugh, they're like, Ash, you literally have like an alter ego, like you're out of nutrition, and then like you're Ash, like I love when you're talking about like going out, I'm like, oh my god. I come like but what I so do now when I have drinks is like I drink um I could drink like Bacardi and, and tonic or like say like your gin and I'll I'll put half tonic and half sparkling water in every drink so at least like every one of my drinks actually has water in it if that makes sense and I definitely know it's such a difference for me anyway that like if my clients get that little tip too that at least you're still drinking but you're also hydrating because you're just drinking water with your drink yeah. that's a really good tip and it also probably tastes better as well yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, can't taste that bit. Yeah. yeah exactly there you go that's yeah. a good tip to learn um and then see if we move to the side of nutrients I know obviously from being a long follower um to your really successful Instagram everyone has I'll have to tag at the end um yeah. but you really express um the importance of probiotics so what is the, the role that they play in our bodies yeah so I think like um probiotics again have a bit of a buzzword and kind of people are like I ask my clients have you ever heard of them like oh the things in Actimel or yogurt it's like some people know loads about them some people don't really know much about them basically what they are probiotics they they basically feed the healthy bacteria in our gut okay and when I explain this to clients I'm like your gut health is so much more than digestion people think oh it's just 
diarrhea or IBS or bloating and constipation. And if I don't get those things, my gut is fine, right? But I would say like there's three different jobs for gut health. One is for digestion. So everything like I just mentioned, ending IBS, absorption of nutrients, um, those kind of things. Second job for gut health then is for your immune system, right? So basically 70 to 80% of our immune cells that help fight infection are in the lining of our gut. So that's why you often hear someone after taking antibiotic and antibiotics don't know where who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. They just kill everything in the gut bacteria and it depletes so much of the healthy guys that people be like, yeah, I'm better. I'm just like so one day and afterwards or like, I'm yeah, I'm just, I have a bit of a cold, but I'm, I'm like there's, there's tonsillitis is gone. So it depletes your immune system. So we have your digestion, we have your immune response. And the last thing for gut health is for your mood, which I know we'll probably talk about later, but your gut also helps make your happy hormones, which are linked with like, you know, your anxiety and depression. So all probiotics do is they help replace the, the gut health that's been lost. And when I explain this to clients, well, I'm like, it's so important for you to understand what kills them off. So then, you know, okay, when do we need a probiotic? And, you know, to kind of stay on top of things. So first of all, if you ever have to take an antibiotic, you have to go take a probiotic supplement afterwards because you have to, I would say, like replant the flowers. You're after killing everything, the weeds and the flowers. So it's important to replant your flowers. And um, the next thing is if you're on the contraceptive pill, I think in Ireland, around the world, everywhere, the doctor gives a prescription for the pill and you should be told you need to go and get a probiotic now because the pill really depletes gut health. And so does like daily medication. If you were on an antidepressant or if you were on something with thyroid or anything like that can really affect your gut health. Next thing for you, alcohol, sugar, like that kind of party, wild, not great diet lifestyle will deplete gut health. And the last thing is actually stress. So like, you know, maybe period after an exams or um, if you go to a stress, you know, you know family, family situation at home or anything like that, it's important to take a probiotic. So the issue is that in Ireland anyway, we don't eat fermented food. Like, have you ever tasted like sauerkraut? Have you ever tasted kefir or kimchi? Would you know these products? No, <laughs> no. So literally, like the way you're looking at me now, it's what most of my clients are like, are you speaking French? They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. So these fermented foods, fermented foods help naturally feed the gut. Like how have we gotten to this long being alive as humans and all of a sudden only now we need probiotics? It doesn't work like that. It's just that our lifestyles have changed so drastically over the last you know, century, basically that because we don't eat fermented foods anymore, we don't really feed the healthy bacteria as much. Now, if we lived in Germany, sauerkraut is basically like fermented cabbage they will eat sauerkraut the way we all eat like Kerrygold butter here. Do you know what I mean? It's itchy on the side and everything. So I think it's kind of real, like in Ireland, we just have to be really aware of that because we're not getting as much fermented food. We shouldn't have to take probiotic supplements, but I'm like, thank God we have them as a supplement basically because otherwise very, very difficult to stay on top of good health. And see strictly if someone came to you and they had said they had colitis and, you know, ABS, what they are obviously prescribed medication like from the doctor, you know, what kind of other things? So you're saying then to make sure to make sure you're taking that with probiotics. Is there anything yeah. else you would recommend? Oh my God, a bucket of things. Like if you came to me for IBS or consultations an hour long, like, you know, with like a really detailed consultation sheet and a four day food diary. So with IBS, again, kind of going back to what I was saying at the start, like medicine is amazing for certain things, but for chronic issues, if you're someone who's suffered constipation, you're not constipated because you don't have buscopan. Buscopan's a natural laxative, for example, right? So it's like, okay, let's figure out why you have the constipation to begin with. And sometimes it can be food intolerance. Sometimes it can be stress. Sometimes it can be low probiotics. And it's not just probiotics. We're talking about gut health. You also have things like your digestive enzymes and like stomach acid. They're all really important as well. And we would look at every single one of those things. And we look at all the symptoms. Like you might be having something, for example, 
bloating, constipation, and you're really, really bad hay fever and sinuses, not realizing those were linked together. But we're like, oh my God, they're definitely linked together. And, you know, you might have really bad water retention, not realizing they're linked together. And we're like, no, it's definitely linked together. So for us, we look at diet. And then like, again, my mum is a herbalist. We have 300 herbs in our clinic and they're all for different things. So if you came to me as a client with IBS, but also had a bit of stress and we're run down your tonsillitis a couple of months ago and really bad hormonal issues I can give you a tonic with like 40 different herbs and then all for different things and it's you in a bottle I said you like me in a bottle basically you know that way and a lot of the herbs are amazing for gut healing as well so it's just a different approach the again medications can help like if you have reflux take a reni it will help you get through the day but they need to address well why does this happen how do I fix it because if if ever if it was common then every single person would have it do you know what I mean there's always a root of the issue basically do you recommend any you know vitamins and foods you know are good for your actual well-being as in your mindset and you know your mental health do you think any, any kind of foods contribute to that um so from a supplement point of view definitely your probiotics your vitamin d and your omega-3s they're the most important thing and again omega-3 is one that people are uselessly eating now like i think it's a generational thing like i know like basically omega-3 the best source is in oily fish so like your mackerel your salmon your herring your sardines and i like i know my granny for example like my granny used to go fishing and then bring home fresh fish like where now a lot of people are like oh god no i couldn't even the smell of it in my house and i couldn't go near fish and they're lacking in omega-3 and it's so important for cognitive function so like, even like anyone listening who is doing exams you know like you guys anything like that omega-3 like helps your brain almost be like a big sponge gonna help mop up your horm or mop up um information so omega-3 is very important in terms of supplements so like your your um vitamin d your probiotics your omegas and then from a diet perspective going back to like your b vitamins so like i mentioned earlier like b complex is important for anxiety for mood for energy and they come from like your whole grains your leafy green vegetables so if you're lacking in like nutritious food, your 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 B vitamins will will suffer the consequences, and you can't store B vitamins. So like what I always say to clients is like say like the salad you ate on Saturday is so irrelevant today. That's why you need to get like good food into you every single day, and you'll feel it yourself if you have a day of just doing nothing, like chilling on a lazy Sunday, getting a takeaway, eating nothing fresh, passes your lips. You're so tired, you know what I mean. Whereas if you get up on day like today and have a good breakfast and have a good lunch and you know getting vegetables into it, you feel so much better. So the way you eat really does affect like how you feel as well. And it is, it's the fresh food. Risk is saying like, I know it's less glam than me. Like, oh, this is amazing food for, you know, I wish I had some like magic little thing that nobody's heard of, but it's generally a good diet will help support your energy levels and also help feed the good guys. And we're talking about gut bacteria. They, they need food. The bad guys love the sugar. The good guys love the fiber, which is like your fresh fruit and veg basically. And then I know a big word in diet, the, the diet culture is basically consistency and keeping that up do you think if we're having a healthy week one week and then treat ourselves the next is that going to have an effect on us I don't think so I think I'm in a bit of a different position as well like I said you at the start like I was brought up in natural medicine but we're also we were never deprived like I also had like you know pizza and chips. we had pizza and chips every Friday so now my mom is driving mental she's like broccoli and make us eat that with it and I'm like man we're the only kids in Ireland that have to eat broccoli with their pizza and chips or like I remember going to sleepovers when I was younger and she's like you're not like out until you eat three pieces of fruit before you leave because obviously she knows we're going to be literally getting like high on sugar like at the sleepover so she's taught me this kind of balance and that's the thing is I think that's why kind of people will relate to me as well when I'm talking on Instagram and just in you know on social media because I'm actually just a normal person I'm not like one way or the other people kind of feel like 
you're either on it or you're not, which I think is the worst mentality. Because I always say to clients, if you're starting something, you automatically automatically set yourself up to fail because if you start something, there has to be an end point. Whereas if you're kind of making simple changes, and I always use like a seesaw as analogy. So I'm like, okay, on one side of the seesaw, you're putting your takeaway. The next day then you need to balance it out. Let's have a salad then or, you know, your fruit and berries, whatever for breakfast. And kind of, it's, it's a seesaw analogy. So it's like, just trying to find the balance is the most important thing. I think people kind of don't realize that because again, social media, it's, there's only one kind of type of person who's promoting kind of healthy eating. They don't really show like the takeaways and the alcohol and that kind of side of things, but it really is just a balancing act. Like obviously you want to do the good things more than the bad things. If you're having a takeaway six nights a week, the one salad a week, don't really make much of a difference, but it is really a balancing act. Definitely. I agree because, you know, it, it's like something I have, you know, experienced in the past. I think everyone goes through a period that they do it, but they set themselves goals, but they're just mm-hmm. not achievable. And they set the expectations too high. And as you said, there's going to be a point you're like, how long am I going to keep on doing this for? So you yeah. need to make sure that to try and have a balance so that you can have both sides and it, it will yeah. last longer and it's going to have a better effect for your health. Yeah. Um, again, this is your area of expertise. Like you l- love talking about this. So I mm-hmm. knew that we'd get a couple of questions in. But, you know, it's a known fact that around our time of, of, the, of the month as ladies, you know, we have low mood, anxiety, fatigue and depression and they're common symptoms. Um, can you explain a little bit about why this is? Yeah, so this is obviously um, linked with anyone who isn't on contraceptive. So like our own hormones are at play. And if you are on a contraceptive, especially on the combined pill, you've switched off your own hormones. So you might actually feel worse. Like I think anxiety is a massive, massive thing linked to the contraceptive pill. I just need to get it in there because I think a lot of women don't realize that when they're on it. And like literally people come to me and they're like, I'm like, how long do you have anxiety? And they're like, four years. I'm like, how long are you on the pill? They're like, four years. And they've never looked at the link. But basically... The way our cycle works, the first half of our cycle, we have this um, estrogen kicks in. So it's really your feel-good hormone. It's really good for your sex drive, your mood, your energy. You feel so much better the first couple of weeks. And then the second two weeks of your cycle, then this hormone called progesterone kicks in. And ideally, progesterone is meant to be for anxiety and mood and it's meant to make you feel really calm and it's natural painkillers. It helps with like feelings of like period cramps and anything like that. And basically... PMT right and PMT is premenstrual tension and it's a massive umbrella term it's anything from your sore boobs your breakouts your sugar cravings your low mood kind of all things you just mentioned there and what PMT is it's lack of progesterone so we basically don't have enough progesterone to, to help us feel happy and help us you know not be anxious and it can either be due to stress so basically how our body works for some mad reason our body will steal our progesterone in order to make our stress hormones and stress doesn't always have to be you like worrying about exams or worrying about family members. Stress can be you overdoing it as well. So I always say like good stress. I always use like this time last year when the world is normal and you're off on the weekend, you're doing a workout and you're meeting someone for brunch and then do this later and you're just busy, 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 busy. Our generation is just so busy. And so combination of that, doing things like really intense workouts as well. We're all obsessed with like the sweat and kind of like the hit workouts, right? Yes, and my line yes. I always say is, like, are you running away from a bear or are you doing a workout? Because our body does not know the difference. Like the cord is all the same stress hormones get triggered. So um, we have to look at all of this, right? So again, it's lack of progesterone that causes these issues. So it's it's really common. Like I'm sure so many of your pals will experience PMT and not really know why. So this is like one of the main things I work with with clients as well. And I just can have focus on what we should like. So diet can make a big difference. Supplements can. And then also I kind of mentioned earlier, the first half of your cycle, your estrogen phase, sometimes estrogen can be too high in comparison to progesterone. So not only is progesterone low from stress, but it's also low because estrogen is too high. And these situations, you'll see things like heavy periods and um, 
really sore boobs and really painful cramps and, and those kind of things so we work as well on balancing an estrogen which is kind of more linked to it like diet and digestion basically support that's basically how that links in together yeah and birth control isn't really a, a normalized topic of conversation and probably due to this and you know not enough education surrounding it a lot of women are probably coming in and not realizing that some of the changes that they're going through are due to that so I suppose that's what you're kind of doing and raising awareness for this kind of thing um have you really noticed that like most of my clients come to me if they're between say like 17 to 35 and how many people like I'm sure you you know your pals are all the same like you start having sex you go on the pill straight away and like in hindsight now like being kind of you know I'm 30 now looking back I'm like so many clients and like I didn't start my 20s well you literally switch off your sex drive the minute you actually start kind of sexually exploring like what's this about do you know what I mean and I've like that 24 year olds being like I've no sex drive and I'm like no no you just actually completely switch off your sex drive you don't know what your sex drive is like so sometimes the same goes for anxiety as well when they understand actually maybe it's not you maybe it's a side effect of this it kind of makes it a little bit easier to accept and going back to what I was talking about earlier with the B vitamins like so I kind of said like I think every single woman should be on a probiotic when they have when they're on the contraceptive pill and should be on a B complex that your the pill also depletes B vitamins so as I explained like the whole like Sunday fear when you feel really anxious and that kind of jittery feeling that lack of B vitamins now imagine if your body's constantly low in B vitamins how you're going to feel do you want to um ask them because I don't want to keep you too long I know you're completely so yeah, okay. um but I know that there'll be a lot of people that be really interested in hearing a bit more about what you do because you know you're you're completely a wealth of knowledge um, and it's really really interesting so you know for people like me up in north, the north of Ireland or even in the UK um how is it just like by zoom calls and everything that you can like you know do consultations with people or is it just where you're based yeah, so well, up until last year, like obviously COVID was a bit of a curveball. Like I was seeing a lot of clients in my clinic. I'm based in, in Dublin, in Port Marnock. But now my whole clinic's based back online now and it works really well. I've literally clients from all over the world, which is so lovely, like chatting to people. And um, hopefully now this year, we'll be able to see clients again in person. But yeah, now you can book through my website. You can message me on Instagram, although I get so many DMs. It's so hard to keep up with messages. Probably just lots of questions as well. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously I can't like, it's so hard because I'm like, I just want to have every single person that I see and it's so hard to like give people I can't I actually like you know it's, it's not right for me to give people advice on Instagram when I haven't even seen them but if you go onto my Instagram which is AOK Nutrition I've loads of highlights saved I don't know you've probably watched them all like yeah. that I try like cover all the kind of main topics that I see between like you know um acne and population and whatever it is I even have one actually on birth control so if anyone's listening to me like okay I wonder how my birth control is watching or how birth goes working and um, pop on and have a little look through and I kind of go through the different ones so there's loads of information on there and you can always message me your email is actually probably better actually to be honest because I kind of keep up my emails it's hard to keep up with Instagram messages all the time um and yeah just follow my page and I'll try to put up as much good information as I can <laughs> yeah you won't regret it everyone so I'll definitely tag that as well and Ashley thank you so much for joining today You're I love so I love welcome. this I, I feel so um you know really like I've actually just taken in so much information and I was saying to you as well before we started that you know it's good to have a podcast that you actually are learning things from that you can you know sort of um learn and put into practice in your life so thank yeah, you so it's amazing much for, for that. doing it well done it's so good it's brilliant oh, thank I'm so you lucky so. to have you <laughs> thank yeah. you now you're welcome so without a doubt, I guarantee that you've definitely learned something from this episode. You know, Ashling is literally brimming with knowledge and enthusiasm in all these areas of expertise. And um, as I, again, as I said in, at the start of the episode, it may not be something that you usually hear being discussed, but I'm sure you find it interesting. 
and you know possibly can relate to some of these points that were brought up um, and it's also kind of like a free nutritional you know meeting so you can't complain um but as I said go follow Ashley's socials you know she speaks in a lot of these points that were brought up today in even more detail so I think that would be really beneficial um and you know if you want to go further with this you know you should maybe drop her an email um, but after me, I think we'll call it a day. Um, I want to thank you all for the continuous support and all the kind messages. I genuinely don't know what I do without you all. So I will see you all next week on the Mental Health Scope.